So I stood up when they asked for new clubs and I said that I'd really, I really fancied making my own coffin. Um, I often say dead silence because it jolly well was. And Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I talk with fascinating, talented, and inspiring guests who reflect on the adventures and challenges of aging and who are living their lives with vibrance and purpose. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist, writer, and fellow Zestful Ager. And if you like this podcast, you'll love my companion courses, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity, and The Wisdom of Mindful Eating. Now, for one month only, I'm putting both of my online courses on a radical sale. Both The Wisdom of Mindful Eating and Zestful Aging will be $19.99 each. Both of these courses have received rave reviews. They're fun, straightforward, and have the ability to change your life in the direction of more peace and less stress about eating and around aging. No extreme diets or punishing exercise. More about creating habits that feel good and are sustainable, which is health-promoting and leads to a longer, happier life. This offer will expire January 31st. Find out more at NicoleChristina.com. Well, I have my Jack Russell Terrier Sparky right beside me and my coffee in my hand. So let's begin. Today we have a very special treat. I will be talking to Katie Williams, who was born and bred in New Zealand, a place she loves, and she is in her 80th year of a very happy life. Katie was a career nurse and and was a midwife and then in elder care and finished up as a palliative care nurse caring for people from birth to death. She describes this as the normal progression and a very satisfying one. But these days, Katie's getting a lot of attention and publicity from creating the Kiwi Coffin Club, a place where people can come together in a community and design their own coffins with the help of people in the club. And contrary to being depressing, Katie describes the group as affirming and life-giving. And I would recommend that people watch their YouTube mini musical, which is absolutely a hoot. Um, Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you very much, Nicole, and thanks for asking me. I am delighted. Uh, ever since I saw your um, your YouTube, and it was actually last year, I was just really taken <laughs> by the joy and the drama and just the, the personal touches and the community and it it just looks like a club that is an awful lot of fun. Oh, it's 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 the most fun fun club in Rotorua, if not in New Zealand and even the world, possibly. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And could you just tell me a little bit about how the Kiwi Coffin Club began? Yes, surely. Well, it began way back in 2010, and we're part of an international group uh, club called U3A, or University of the Third Age. It's for oldies, and they have all these parts of the club. They have different sessions like psychology, politics, book reading, film going, all sorts of things. And I was at the general meeting of this club and uh, I had already started a couple of clubs 
One was the Grey Warblers, which was for people who love to sing but can't. And um, it was pretty ugly, actually. <laughs> However, uh, joyous, uh, joyous in its ugliness. And you have to have a reverse... Um, do they do they have you audition and if you're good you can't be in the gray warblers just about just about <laughs> but it really appealed to those that usually sing in the shower uh, uh-huh. but they wanted a wee bit more attention with their with their um singing so that was one club I started and another one I'm quite a keen photographer and I started one for um all the darling oldies who had been given uh, little cameras by their rallies and also, uh, you know, the, the modern phones. And so um, those, those two were already University of the Third Age clubs. So I stood up when they asked for new clubs and I said that I'd really, I really fancied making my own coffin. Um, I often say dead silence because it jolly well was. Mm-hmm. And um, But when I finished, there was uh, a queue waiting to see me after the meeting. And the most incredible uh, story came out from one of the couples. They had had a baby way back and... Um, it had been it had been born dead, and they were in their. Uh, she was in bed in her room, and her husband was with her when the uh, obstetrician came and leant on the door uh, and said, "Well, you can go home now." And in those days, uh, doctors, uh, all those sort of uh, high up people were gods and they expected to be treated as gods and uh, they put the fear of whatever into people's hearts and poor little ordinary people like this couple didn't dare ask any questions. Uh, he he popped off uh, out of the room and they didn't know the, the sex of their child they didn't know if it was um, had any abnormalities. They didn't know why it died. Uh, they had no idea. And they were in the queue, and this is the first story I got. So it really it broke my heart in many ways. But, um, however, it egged me on to get cracking with this thing because I could see a healing, uh, very healing opportunity for people that had had experiences like that. So off I went and I thought, well, I can't build a coffin myself. I had no idea. So I gathered all my old bloke friends that had been anything to do with making things like carpenters, joiners, builders, mm-hmm. all, all, you know, all good old men. And I thought they must have plenty of time. So I gathered them and a group of older ladies that I felt would um, have the courage and the creativity to join me. And I had a meeting in a cafe in town and told them what I thought, that it was very, very, very uh, early on. But what did they think? And they they muttered quite, you know, little mutterings and saying, oh, yes, oh, yes. And I believe as the blokes went out, they sort of went out together, as people in New Zealand do, the blokes at one end and the women at the other. Um, and I believe what some of them said was, oh, ho, ho, funny, eh? I won't even get off the ground. However, uh, when I called the next meeting, which was in my own home, they all came and they kept on coming, kept on coming, and 
Some of them are still part of the club today, which is eight years on. Mm -hmm. uh, so we started off in my uh, garage and carport at my home and had the neighbours' eyes popping out, <laughs> uh, as, as you can imagine. Um, but I got round and told them all, and very soon they'd all called in and to see what was going on. Um, I asked a funeral director to come. Uh, we got some timber. It was cut out in shapes like coffins, and off we went. And it grew and grew like Topsy, uh, which meant that the whole garage, the carport, every room in my house, of course, was to do with the coffin club. So <laughs> we had to move out. It, it was just, you know, it just wasn't, um, oh, it just, I just couldn't sort of live in among the coffins, really. Not that it worried me, but you've got to have other spaces in your house for other other things so um a very benevolent um company very generous company in new zealand and based in rotorua is uh, lockwood homes and they came to me and said look we've got an old workshop used to be where caravans were built but it's, it's got a big workshop, it's got um, toilets, lounge, rooms, uh, mm -hmm. and you're very welcome to have it free of charge. Wow. I know, and we've still got it. Um, we wow. try and help to pay the rent these days and, and the rates, but, um, you know, we just give what we can. So all is good, and... Um, Actually, the the woman of that business partnership, who is is one of the directors of the the business, is um, until just recently has been our treasurer, and she keep, keeps us in in um, in control at the mm -hmm. club. So that's where we are now, and it's gone from strength to strength. In fact, we've made a coffin club community. Uh, really, there's about 50 or 60 come each club day, which is every Wednesday. They each have jobs to do. There's kitchen goddesses. Uh, these women are real fair dinkum Kiwis, New Zealanders, and um, their, their job is to love all the men and care for the men and feed all, all the men and compliment all the men. Oh, my goodness. And that may seem funny, but it's a very Kiwi, Kiwi way. I've mentioned it before. You go to a dance or anything, and the men are down one end and the women are down the other. I see. Uh, <laughs> it's an old habit, and it tends to still, to this very day, especially among the older population, it still holds strong. So the However, women dote, dote on the men. That's the, oh, that's the yes. tradition. Mm -hmm. Yes, and uh, the kitchen goddesses uh, have, we have a lovely morning tea together and a lovely lunch together. And, of course, the men sit at their table and they're fed first and, and all of that. Now, that might seem very, very strange, but it's so Kiwi that it's acceptable mm -hmm. um, among the older ones. Speaking so, of Kiwi, do you think that part of the success of the, the Coffin Club has to do with the Kiwi sense of humor? Oh, oh yes. Uh, well, I don't... I, the sense of humour is there, but it's the common sense um, behaviour of Kiwis. Um, lots of them are just common sense people, and they get on with things. Um, certainly there's a whole heap of humour. Um, 
in various degrees. Um, yes, yes, I think it's it's just a do-it-yourself sort of Kiwi attitude. I see. So there's some some of the cultural yep. um, parts of being uh, born and bred in New Zealand really comes through. And it sounds to me that you must have your own moxie and your own courage to bring up something that makes people squirm a little bit. Yes, but, uh, you know, death has been poorly treated for quite some time. It's not that long ago in our country that uh, women didn't go to funerals. Then um, women were allowed to go, and then children, and for years and years, children never went. Um, it was always rather a morbid um, sort of situation rather than, you know, when a baby is born, there's joy, there is a celebration, you know, and you go through a life that is full of ups and downs and hopefully mostly ups, but there's so many achievements, memories, good things in life, and it was sort of never celebrated. It was always rather dark and gloomy. And I personally feel this needs to change quite a bit. And I see it changing before my very eyes now, that um, lots of situations, they're called celebration of life, um, rather than um, funeral. A celebration of life, celebration of all the achievements that person has had. I mean, death's inevitable, but we used to put it in a closet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I've come across families um, that have said to their oldies, you know, you, you're not going to die, you can't die, we can't do without you. Well, that's most unhelpful for the oldie who, who has got much more common sense than those people that say that. And we're all going to die. So why not get on with it and keep control of the end? Mm. And, and that's what we're big in doing, keeping mm. control, really. Keeping control. Do you think you would have come up with this idea had you not been... Um, a nurse who specialized in elder care and palliative care. Do you think this would have come to you if you had had another profession? Uh, I wouldn't know. It wouldn't have come to me so easily, I'm sure, because, you know, um, being, being around um, sickness, tending to sick people. Uh, nurses are, are funny old things, the majority of them. They're really pretty soft and gooey um, <laughs> inside. And um, I think possibly I may have had trouble getting on with it if I had been anything else other than a, a nurse, and especially a nurse that had had the privilege of going from birth to death. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I've been extremely fortunate in that. You've really, you've been so close to it. It sounds like, you know, the rest of us might feel like death might be foreign or scary or uncomfortable, but it sounds like you've really, the familiarity and the comfort with it really helped you take the next step to let's really look at it even more closely. Let's look at it and take control. I, I think you're right then, Nicole. I think you, sh you surely are right. Mm. Mm -hmm. we, we involve lots of um, relatives um, to try and uh, sort of sort out help for the older person. Uh, and, and we've had lots and lots of um, young people coming along and helping. 
uh, we had uh, one couple that made their coffins and they had twin grandsons and one helped Papa uh, with the woodwork bit and um, the other one drew racing stripes on his coffin. Um, and their mother and uh, their father and their other sister all came along at various times as well. So, so that was a very positive thing. We have a little grandchildren coming. Uh, recently we had a little girl called Poppy and her um, nana uh, on her coffin it was decorated with many many photos just put on as collages around the whole coffin of the, the animals and pets she'd had over her long life. She's crazy about um, creatures and she had cats and dogs and uh, rabbits and, uh, you know, every creature, birds. Uh, and Poppy helped Nana paste all those on. Oh, my goodness. There's just so many levels of love in that process. I know. And there was one darling little boy, Quinn, he was six, and his grandma had him for the school holidays. So he came along um, with her, and his friend's mother was to pick him up because they, the young the kids were going to play together. And uh, he got so involved um, that Nana had to, Grandma had to. Um, cancel that because he wanted to stay the whole day there. Now, he said to me that he would like to paint the coffin. So I said to him, now, do you, have, do you use a brush or a roller? He said, I can use both. And um, so I gave him both and he spent the day uh, undercoating this whole big coffin and um, he took time off to have um, uh, morning tea with the guys and lunch with the guys, and he had the most wonderful day. And to keep a six-year-old occupied, painting a coffin all day, mm -hmm. wow. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. So there's lots and lots. Uh, another huge thing that happened, we had a, an unexpected death. Um, in one of our uh, areas in Rotorua and um, it was terrible. The man was found in the bush dead and uh, it was a rural community and the whole community was absolutely gobsmacked with this. We opened the Coffin Club on a non-club day and um, provided these people with a coffin and the whole there was about 20 of them in their immediate family and they all came and they cried and they laughed and they changed exchanged stories it was absolutely fabulous and mm -hmm. the children were there the adults were there um, three generations at least there mm -hmm. and um, we we got a letter afterwards that said it was probably the most healing thing that could have happened at that time to get them through the rest of the trauma associated with that death mm -hmm. so you know it, it's so it's so yeah. profound. I'm yeah, just thinking about yeah. the the community aspect and feeling yeah. like you're respected and yeah. creating something important together. I, it is just it just seems like absolute road to mental health around around. Yes. This. Well, mm -hmm. you know, the probably the biggest part of. Um, the club, one of the, yes, the bigger parts of the club 
is the social aspect because um, you know our aging population and the isolation that some oldies are in is absolutely uh, awful. Mm -hmm. um, this, they join the club, they make their coffin, and then they're still coming back six, seven years later. Mm. They come back because they're comfortable there. We have a good laugh, there's good food, but the most <laughs> important thing is the loving touch. So many of our oldies, and you probably find it in your community as well, they go to the supermarket, they go out shopping and they go often go to the same shops. They're actually greeted in a way the shop the shop uh, people might say, Oh, how are you today? And then before the the oldies answered, Oh, I'm I'm good. They hadn't mm -hmm. even heard that bit really. And mm -hmm. the oldie mightn't be good, but that's what they would say. And so they go out of the shop. Okay, somebody's recognised them and said hello, but they haven't had a loving touch. Mm -hmm. And it sounds a bit bold, but at the Coffin Club, they are cuddled. They're given pecks on cheeks. Mm -hmm. They are made to feel, feel each person is important. Each person has a lot of people caring about them. Uh, they have food uh, to take home. If they're not well, they, somebody will make soup and they have meals sometimes to take home if they're in a bad space. Um, and whatever happens, if they don't come to the club and they're expected, somebody will get in touch and see that they're okay. Now, that probably, in my mind, is the most important part of the club. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The loving community yeah, and that sense of belonging, that that is your tribe. Yes, that's mm -hmm. right, that's right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they laugh a lot. There's no, um, it, it's... There may be somebody that is having a bad day and they have a wee weep, but it isn't, it's a, a weep because it's a relief to get that off your chest. It's not a, it's not the morbid situation, it's not a morbid situation. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very interesting really how it's evolved and, and uh, you know, it, it, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. We have so many stories. Tell me, a, would you tell me a little bit about that fantastic, I mean, I call it a mini musical. I don't know what the real name is that you did on YouTube. Um, yep. And it was a theatrical presentation. <laughs> tell, tell me how that came about. Well, we had uh, quite a few uh, requests for documentaries as we got a bit famous. And... Um, one of them came from Auckland uh, in, in New Zealand and uh, they came down for a few days. It was a, a business called Loading Docks and they make all sorts of little documentaries and um, they raise money um, and when they've got enough money off they go and make something about something interesting. And they thought we were interesting, so they were going to make a documentary. And uh, after a few days, the wonderful women, the producer and um, the director, got together and said, look, it's too good for an ordinary documentary. Let's make a musical. So all the people in that documentary, that musical, were our people except for one, and that was the funeral director, and he mm. was the only professional actor. Mm. And they had a ball. They had a choreographer. They had a couple of makeup artists. They had people to dress them. Um, my job was to organise the whole thing and, and, you know, get the 
venue and get the coffins made and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And they sang and danced their way through that. It took hours and hours and all I could say was, Dear God, thank you that it wasn't a full-length movie. Because, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, on and on and on. And so much details? or oh, well, it, I, it was just so, so... T tell me what you mean when you say, thank God it wasn't a full-length movie. It was just long? Well, yes, it was. It's only a three-minute, 25-second or something like that. And the... It took days and days and days. Ah. Do it again, do it again, do it again. Ah. But uh, you can see the value of all that when you actually see it, when you see it, that how polished and wonderful mm. it is. Oh, how... it's totally professional. I know, I know. And, uh, you know, it's professional enough to be a proper film. You know, it's very professionally done. But those old darlings, they tended to get a bit tighter and tighter and tighter. And we were in a cold um, warehouse, old warehouse, and with, <laughs> you know, with, they had heaters and things, and they had a um, health and safety person, and he'd rush around and wrap little ones, little oldies and blankets and things because the mean age of the woman was 85. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had nobody sort of cut <laughs> uh, but oh, they did get so tired. However, the, the glory of it swept mm. them along and um, they'll never be the same. I can imagine. I mean, what what an opportunity. Who would have thought? I'm imagining you as a nurse and someone would show you this. You would never believe it. No, I know. I know. I still find it hard to believe that we were so good. But, um, and what would you tell our listeners how to access that? I know it's on YouTube, but is there a particular title they should search? Yes, it's. The Coffin Club. Okay. It's very simple. The Coffin Club. Okay, I will put that yeah. in the notes. Yeah, yeah and that's... and it, it's absolutely delicious. You've got to actually watch it a few times mm -hmm. because you keep missing it. You know, this 90-year-old mm -hmm. riding on the sidecar of a, uh, a motorbike um, sitting on a coffin, you know, <laughs> all in her bling and singing her heart out. Uh, with, we, we had all this um, bling stuff up in the rafters and they had a big fan and as she came through, the fan was put on and it was magical. Um, she has since died, uh, but she, she'd be one of the brightest stars up there because she was absolutely incredibly wonderful. Uh, one of the women had been in a black hole because her daughter um, died after being um, set on fire by her very um, angry, bad partner. Mm. And the daughter of this lady that died then committed suicide because... Oh. She she couldn't cope with what had happened and, and the trauma, the huge trauma. Oh, and, of gosh. course, the mother was part of the... She was one of the dancers. And she, at last... This happened quite a while ago, and she, at last now, is a different woman. She... She has had her moment of glory. She's got over this, or oh, she'll never get over it. Mm -hmm. I don't mean that, but it, right. it has, yes, you know, she has softened, um, maybe softened yep. some of the 
yeah, the, the trauma. Yeah, certainly did. And she's proud. She she mixes with people more. She's certainly a happier person. And for that alone, the musical is worth it. Mm. Do you have any pictures of the film actually being made, the set and and all the uh, ways that uh, things had to be put together and all of this, the, the actual making of this production? Uh, I believe there are quite a lot of photos. We had mm-hmm. um, an incredible, uh, what's it called? You know, like in, in movie land, they have these... Uh, uh, where they give out the cups and all those sort of things. What's it called, Nicole? The um, you mean the trophy? Yeah, yeah. Well, we had one of those red carpets, and all the stars came up, and they got little little cups, um, and uh, they they had to get all dressed up and. We've got a whole movie of that. Oh, um, my goodness. <laughs> some, one of the uh, uh, movie men were there, and they they did all that, and that was a wonderful evening. The Oscars, that's what it was. They went like to the, the Oscars? Oscars. <laughs> yes. You know, our own private Oscars, and mm. we, we rented a place, and we had the red carpet, and... Each one of them uh, walked up the red carpet. They were greeted, and uh, later they were um, given cups for this one, cups for that one, and they all had uh, what the cup was for. It's so playful. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of, and I've learned about this going to conferences and reading and doing, you know, my own work. There's a lot of initiatives out there to help, as you call the oldies, feel better, feel cared for, feel connected. But I have yet to hear one that it is just zany and playful, (laughs) and the creativity is just awesome. Off the charts. Yes, yes, yes. The, the stories of some of the coffins are just absolutely incredible. Um, there's, there's one that springs to mind. He was a young chap and he uh, was in palliative care when he phoned me and he said, um, I, I wanted to come and make my coffin, but I've left it too late. I wondered if you people would make me one. So I went and visited him and he was sitting there with tubes everywhere and uh, quite weak really and he said, when I was a kid I never had a go-kart and I want one now. And do you people have go-karts? Yes, yes. Oh yeah, okay. So I said, rightio, we'll write (laughs) down what you want. So he said, well, I want a go-kart, um, I want four wheels, and he said to me, Katie, I don't want pram wheels. So I said, bother that, because I was off to the second-hand shop in my mind to get an old pram and use the pram wheel. I don't want pram wheels, he said. I want wooden wheels, I want you to make wooden wheels, uh, black tyres, silver paint in the middle, Oh, he knew what he wanted. Oh, did he ever. He'd been thinking about it. And he had a favourite race number, so that was put on each side and on the lid. He had a silver grill. He had a um, a a number plate with his pet name on it. (laughs) He had, um, it was a rectangular shape. His, his, he used to wear a lot of camouflage, you know, young people wear camouflage um, T-shirts and trousers and things. Well, he loved camouflage, so he wanted the top camouflaged, which we did blobbing paint on it with a sponge. Um, mm. uh, what else did he want? He wanted a black half-steering wheel, and he wanted... a uh, cushion so we had a black 
uh, square on the top that looked as though he could get in there. Um, it was just painted in such a way that it sort of had a 3D look. Half a, a steering wheel, half a cushion, and they were velcroed on because he had to fit in the cremator. So we couldn't have anything sort of outstanding. Mm -hmm. And um, he went off in the most incredible style that you could imagine. And it couldn't have been better for him because he'd never had it when he was a kid and he went off in it. So mm. incredible, really. Mm. Do you want to talk a little bit about what your coffin looks like? Oh, mine. Oh, dear. Uh, it's Mine was the first one made. I'm a big tart, so um, it's a rectangular one. And um, it's got six, six handles on, but it's got... Um, a dowling in between them all in case I had to have more than six pallbearers. So at my time of life, I am now looking for beautiful, strong young men to be friends um, because I can't rely on any of my old bloke friends uh, because it would be quite, quite some effort to carry me, I should think. And... Um, it's wallpapered. Uh, I got a roll at a, um, a shop in their bargain bin for 20 New Zealand dollars. So it was a bargain. And it's very pretty. But I've had that for eight and a half years now. And um, Every time I think about it, it's not quite finished because it has to be lined yet. But if I if I die tomorrow, I know there'll be about a hundred people wanting to put the lining in for me. I know, I know, I know. And um, I've really hanker for a, a graffiti art coffin now because I'm really rather colourful and. Um, I think a graffiti art, you've got a, somebody's got a person called Banksy, haven't they? Uh, say that again, I'm not Banksy. sure. Banksy, Banksy is a graffiti artist of some repute. Okay, I'm but, not, sh I, I don't know about that, I'll have to look that up. <laughs> yes, anyhow, uh, we've got quite a few graffiti artists here that scribble on walls and everything. But I want something quite nice, but done by a graffiti artist. Whether I get round to having it, I'm pretty busy, so it might just be the old wallpaper one. But, um, you know, I'm easy peasy. I, I, it's, I'm just, um, I'm speechless. It, there's so much, uh, it, it, there's so many levels of loveliness to this. And, you know, as a psychotherapist, I'm thinking of the mental health part yeah. and helping people really find peace with this and, and these rituals, which are so important, but then the humor and the playfulness and yes. the personality, yeah. uh, it is just brilliant. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud to belong to it. There's a huge group of very fine people. Uh, you know, usually you find a whole heap of crunchies in a big group, but... Um, you know, we haven't got that many crunchies, as I call them. What is a crunchy? Oh, it's just my way of saying, you know, somebody that um, just, uh, I don't know how to say it, just is a bit upsetting to, can be a bit upsetting to people. You know, okay. somebody hard, that's... Hard to get along with? Yes, sometimes. Well, any big group, you've got... Uh, You've got always got somebody usually that has, gets up your nostrils. 
um, but uh, you know we're so very very lucky it's absolutely wonderful and we care about each other in fact we love each other probably of, of course mm. oh my goodness you're you know, I know that you had a very successful career as a nurse, but it sounds like the healing that's happening is is as powerful as it was when you were nursing. Yes, yes, in a different different way. Of course, it is. I, I, um, you know, I'm I'm probably too big a softy. I've got so many faults, really. Um, I'm not. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm too soft. Full stop. But it works, and so I stick with it. Mm-hmm. Katie, where can people find you um, if they want to learn more about starting up their own coffin club? Uh, I have a website. Um, it's called um, it's the the Coffin Club Movie dot okay. com. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that they can see the movie on it if they don't want to go to YouTube. But there is also uh, somewhere to click that says to start your own coffin club. Okay. And that has got my email address, and I look at, I look at, um, I look at that. There's also a face page, Facebook page, okay, uh, for the Coffin Club, okay. And um, I, I also look at that. I'm one of the uh, people uh, administrators of that. But um, the CoffinClubMovie.com is is that that website you just click on something and it tells you how to do something you Mm -hmm. know how to get the plans and the plans are on there it tells you what you need to start the coffin club it it, it's a conversation about whether you should be a charitable trust or not um there's a, a a booklet thing that you can download to get your things in order it's for your family to help them. Um, you know, when you die, there's so many things to remember, to tell mm-hmm. people you've died and all that. Well, there's that book on it. Um, there's all sorts of things on it, and it's just the, the click of your mouse and you've got a whole heap of um, information. And if you need more, my email address is on there and... That's that's good. Yeah. We've also written a book about um, uh, doing your own funeral because uh, in New Zealand it's legal to do your own funeral as long as somebody is um, uh, responsible for doing all the legal bits. Okay. The legal bits uh, have to be done in a certain order and in a certain time and as long as somebody within the family um, or for the family can do that, you can do your own funeral. And of course, um, the cost, uh, I did my brother's uh, funeral and it cost me a thousand New Zealand dollars. That was counting the coffin and cremation. And his, um, his children wanted to have a uh, a party after well, they paid for that. I, I didn't include that in my thousand dollars. But mm-hmm. um, you know, for some some of our Maori population they have very large families. We've got one with twenty two siblings in it. Oh. And quite a few of them have died, but funerals can be very, very expensive. Yes. And one of the one of the men has joined the club and we see him coming and we know that another one's um you know ill or just died and we're able to help him with quite a few things um and 
otherwise they, the, the whānau, that means the family, the Māori family, they're in debt for way over their head for yes. years and years, and it's ongoing. You know, they might be down to 11 left or something, and they've been in debt for the 11 that have gone before. You know, mm-hmm. terrible. Yes, yes. Well, Katie, it has been an absolute delight talking to you um, about this this project and how it's so creative and so fun and so (laughs) life-affirming. I so appreciate you talking to me today. Oh, it's a pleasure, Nicole. Um, it's it's good to get it out there because you never know who may listen and decide that that's what they want in their community and who knows that they might have the same, well, they will well have the same wonderful experience that we've had and uh, there's nothing like it really. That is for sure. Well, I wish you the best of luck in, in what, uh, you know, as you continue to spread your love. <laughs> and um, again, thank you so much. Lovely. Lovely. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. And please consider becoming a patron of the show. You will get access to exclusive bonuses and you will be part of the Zestful Aging community. Keep us going strong. Go to Patreon.com slash Zestful Aging. See you next time for another episode of Zestful Aging.